Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So uh, Cindy has a question. She wants to know what are the best strategies against copycats and can Amazon ship prime on merch products? It does say prime. Um, Amazon has to print the shirt. So usually it takes longer than the two days that prime normally is, but it'll say like on the listing, how long it takes. Um, and you, it, it's faster than, you know, if people are used to Etsy or something like that, it's, it's faster shipping. Hey, and then when you list it FBA, do you, cause you mentioned you can also list it on seller central. Can you, you tell could, us how yes. to do that? Yeah, so if you wanted to do it on your regular Seller Central account, then you would just um, connect some kind of printer partner. So if it's on merch, Amazon is the person that prints the shirt and ships it. If it's on Seller Central, then you would just connect it with Printful. Printful is a company that prints shirts. They could do it from Etsy. They could do it from Seller Central. They could do it from your own website. They fulfill the product for you. So it could be sold as Prime, it, it's automatically shipped from Printful. And Helen, oh, is there no, awesome. no, is there no um, issues with like duplicate listings? You know, like with PL, you can't have the same product um, twice. You know what I mean? So are there any issues there? Right now there's not. Um, people list the same items twice, sometimes because they want to do a split test and see like which keywords work better, or they want to do like one on men and one on women or something like that. Yeah, you mentioned passive income, and I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, because you're probably running PPC campaigns, sponsored product campaigns for those listings, right? I sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Right now, I actually don't have any running. Um, usually, it's the kind of thing where you want to run it for a little while just to get a few sales, to get a BSR, and then you can just turn it off. Mm. How many SKUs are you running right now? Or how many different designs? I think I have uh, like 8,300 or so right now. 8,300. So I'm curious, uh, there's sort of the 80-20 rule. 20% of your products generate 80% of the revenue. 80% mm -hmm. of your products generate 20% of the revenue. Is that true with your business as well? Sorry, I'm losing it. It can swing a lot. If you hit a good trend, then sometimes, you know, one product is making most of your revenue. For me, I've just been very slow and steady and kind of just done. Um, I Sometimes I try to go after trends or holidays or things like that, but the vast majority of my shirts are just shirts that are, you know, maybe for a football player or maybe somebody in ballet or whatever, where there is not necessarily like a huge demand, but there's like a consistent demand year round. So mine, I, it's more evenly spread out among my shirts than um, some sellers you would talk to. It very much would be that where they're making most of their income from, you know, 10% of their shirts or something like that. But for me, um, eventually the shirt comes down if it doesn't sell. It used to come down after three months. Now it comes down after a year. So a lot of the shirts that didn't sell in the beginning, those have all come down. So most of the shirts that are up have sold before. So they're making, you know, at least some income. Yeah, got it. What about returns? How does that work? How does that hit your pocket? Returns used to not affect us at all. Amazon would just take the loss. Now they just subtract out the royalty that you made from it. So it's just sort of a wash. 
but it's like, you don't have to deal with the returned product. Like I used to have to decide what to do with this like product that was returned and I'd be out the money that I had spent to buy the product. But here it's like, there wasn't any real upfront costs. So you, you just lose whatever royalty you were supposed to make. And I love that, um, you know, you can have unlike private label and, and inventory based businesses, even though you have, you know, sometimes 1% of your product making most of the money, it doesn't matter because the rest of them are just there and you're not, they're not in a warehouse somewhere where you have to deal with them. You don't have to liquidate them later. You know, it's something that's potential revenue and it's not taking you any more time to deal with than it did when you created it. Right. Yeah. I don't even worry about returns because it's like, I just think about the time it took me or the if I bought the shirt, there's a certain amount of upfront costs or time one or the other, which is basically the same thing. It's cost one way or the other, whether it's time or money, but there's a certain amount of upfront costs, but then that's the only cost the whole rest of the time it's up for the rest of your time. So if there's a return or not, um, usually there's more sales than returns. So you, you made something yeah. from it. Um, unless you're running PPC, unless yeah. you're running PPC, if you're running PPC, yeah. it, it'd be hard to really monitor it properly for that many listings. Um, They do, there is a tool called Merch Amigo that came out that helps, um, helps you kind of, because the charts and the the actual AMS, it's really hard to, it's not really built for that many um, SKUs. Mm -hmm. So really PPC is only good if like, you're really doing this like a launch, just like private label. Like if this is like, something where you've really done research, you really know there's a high demand for it, then you want to run PPC to make sure you get on the first page. So something like for St. Patrick's Day, there's going to be so many people buying St. Patrick's Day shirts. It's such a big t-shirt holiday that it'd be good to run PPC ads for all your St. Patrick's Day shirts and really be aggressive with it so you can make sure you get on the first page. Um, And then once you're on the first page, you're getting enough traffic even without the ad that it ends up being profitable, but PPC ads, you have to be careful if you're doing it just like always and long-term because it's not a high enough margin on the product to really have it be like a long-term method. It's better to just sort of give you an initial boost to get on the first page and then kind of just stop the campaign so that you can just make some money organically without having to spend money every single time. I would say the goal with merch is definitely organic sales. I mean, unless like you said, it's seasonal and you're really trying to get that going. But if you've done your research, you're hoping to be able to, you know, organically rank for a medium to long tail keyword, like um, St. Patrick's Day, Philadelphia, you know, something that someone is looking for specifically where you probably are the only one with that shirt. Um, So back to the- I was just going to say one more thing about this. Like um, it's a little bit where you can differentiate yourself because you might be the only one with this particular type of design. Like, yes, there's tons of St. Patrick's Day designs, but you might be the only one that made one for, you know, somebody that likes basketball and lives in Indiana or whatever it is. Like there's so many ways that you can differentiate yourself. It's one of a kind really. So as long as someone can see it, like as long as you can get the keywords right and um, possibly you could do it on a Facebook page or you could do it on um, Pinterest or somewhere where it's completely free. You don't even have to do an ad or anything. 
um, that's good. If you do the paid way, you, you really want to at some point be able to stop the ad and still be getting traffic. Um, really, once you get enough sales, it's really hard for someone else to overtake your spot on Amazon because Amazon knows what people typed in to buy that shirt. And you've had enough sales that you that they've kind of realized like, okay, every time someone types in this, they want your shirt. And it's kind of hard for other people to overtake your spot. So it's a little different with private label where I don't think the PPC ads need to be indefinite. Like it just needs to be able to get you that initial reviews and initial sales. And then like, you know, after a couple months, you can leave it off and, and you'll get sales after and that. a lot of the people that do merch don't do PPC at all. So, right. you know, they have organic right. traffic strategies off of Amazon and yeah. um, they have their audience. So it's, it's not something that you should feel like I can't do merch because I don't understand PPC and I don't want right. to spend money on ads because it's definitely not necessary. Right. So what about um, the copycat issue? Is there, are there strategies against um, or strategies to deal with copycats? Well, a copycat's always going to be trailing you because you were always first. So it's the only way a copycat's really going to be an issue is if they do PPC ads and they're very aggressive with your design. But if they're not doing ads and yours was up first, it's very hard for them to pass you. So I personally just never worry about copycats at all. Some people spend the time and they worry about it. You just fill out a form and, you know, merch or whatever platform will take theirs down. All right. And then um, for merch, for designing your merch products, what do you typically use? Some people are saying Photoshop or Illustrator. Do you need those design programs or what do you use? You don't have to have those design programs. Those, uh, those do work. So yes, you could use any of those. Um, there's so many apps. <laughs> I use the over app on my phone, um, literally just design on my phone whenever I think of an idea. Uh, it just takes, you know, a few minutes, just <laughs> type it in, you got a shirt. Um, so I do it on my phone. There's another um, program called Merch Informer that helps with research and, and they have a design tool as well um, and a listing tool. So I, I'll design on there also. So over app on your phone and Merch Informer um, are both really great uh, design programs. So you don't need, you don't, do you use Photoshop or anything at all? I just am not an, uh, like, if anybody's listening that actually is a graphic designer, they're probably like, oh my God, <laughs> rolling their eyes. Like, I mean, if you are a graphic designer, you can obviously make better designs. Photoshop is the way to go. Um, but there's a ton of demand just for funny sayings, funny shirts. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. Actually, a lot of times artists struggle because they want to make this like work of art. And people just want to wear something that says something funny. They don't really necessarily need a masterpiece. So um, I think people tend to overthink designs. And um, sometimes that works well. I mean, sometimes people like it, but a lot of people just like simple text based um, that just says what they want to say. Yeah. And so besides, you know, these design tools, what other tools do you recommend people have for print on demand and what are your go-to tools to use in your business? I would say in the beginning, don't overthink it. Don't even worry about tools. Just um, put up a couple shirts and just, I, I really think the way I did it is like the best way for staying in it long-term because I was not worried about it. Like 
FBA was how I was making my money. Merch was just something I did like once a month on the side. Um, because when you do that, it's just sort of a habit. It's kind of like running. Like if somebody's like, well, how do you train for a marathon? It's like, well, have you ever walked down the street before? Like start there, like make sure you can walk a mile first before you try to do a marathon, because then it'll build a habit. It'll build long-term like sustainability because people just get burnt out if they like try to learn design and buy tools and do all these things. And then they don't sell anything. And they're just like, this doesn't work. It's so much better to just be like, okay, I'm going to upload five designs a month and just see what happens. Um, so I would recommend just not doing any tools in the beginning, just get a couple shirts up, use whatever is the simplest for you. There's GIMP is free, Overwrap is free. Um, there's many, you could just look up like free design tools. There's many of them um, and just write like a simple three or four words on a shirt and upload it just to get in the habit of like how to do it. And then as time goes on, if you start to like it and you start to have some sales, then um, I think the first tool to get would be, I would say probably Merch Informer because Merch Informer has everything. So you could do research on that. You could design on that. You could um, uh, make patterns. There's, there's a lot of things that you can do with it. And is so there a I cost would, associated with Merch Informer? Yes, it's not very much. I think, I think the basic is $9.99 a month, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'd have to double check. <laughs> I don't know. I think I paid for the year or something. So I don't remember exactly, but it's, it's pretty inexpensive. Awesome. Well, I think um, it sounds really fun for people to get started. And um, are there any platforms outside of Amazon that you are most excited about selling on? You said Amazon merch makes up most of your, um, your profitability there, but um, what other platforms would you say are your second and third favorites? It really depends on, on your own personality. Like if you love marketing and marketing is your main thing, a lot of people like Etsy or Shopify better because there's more control over it. You can build your own brand better. You can, um, there's a little bit more analytics to look at. Uh, so Etsy or Shopify is good in that regards. If you are just enjoy like I was more like an FBA person like I would just put up products they would sell like so I that's why I like merch because it's just it's similar to FBA where it's like you put up a product it sells and it's like magic like you don't have to do anything on your side if you're more on the private label side where you're used to like okay I gotta launch I gotta do this that I want to build a brand then it's a little better probably to either put it on um, Shopify or Etsy because you can build a brand better and have more interaction with your own customers. Hey, Helen, have you ever experimented with uh, or ever heard of companies that do 3D printed products, print on demand? I have, I have heard about those. Um, I haven't really done it too much. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many products. It's like getting like a thin line between actually what is the difference between 3D printing and print on demand? Um, like there's jewelry and all kinds of stuff with print on demand. So, um, it, it hasn't been specifically 3d printing that I've done. What about, um, like photography, like let's say you're a photographer and maybe you take photos of waterfalls and you yeah. don't want to, cause photography can be really big to get a large photo 
uh, shipped over from the from China, and then it's a lot of storage fees. It seems yep. like a perfect match for print on demand. What? Company? Oh yeah, absolutely. Does Amazon There's... do that? Or? Uh, I mean, you can upload whatever you want. So technically, you could upload it. Probably, it's not going to look great on a shirt, but it might look. Um, sometimes it looks good on a pop socket. Um, but I think usually it would probably look better on a canvas. Um, yeah. And right now, Merch doesn't have canvas, but all these other companies do. So Printful does, um, uh, I don't know, a lot of different companies. I think Printify, several of them have canvases. So you could definitely um, And do, do they tie in with software into the Amazon's platform to fulfill multi-channel fulfillment? Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, it's just automatic. As soon as there's an order, they just fulfill it for you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, you want to make sure you put a little longer shipping time just in case if any of these companies get backed up. So yeah. you want to make sure you like just so you don't get in trouble with with Amazon. I actually decided against using Seller Central and I just use Merch. Um, but there's no real reason. Um, it does work. Lots of people do sell on Seller Central. I just didn't. Um, to me, merch was was good enough. Thanks, Kevin. Um, Helen, um, any advice you want to give to anybody just uh, you know starting out with uh, with merch? Uh, you know, kind of your your, your uh, one tip that you want to give people who are going to dip their toes in this uh, after the podcast or watching us live. I think the main thing is just think about what do you really want? What are you hoping to get out of it? Um, if you want immediate results, then you just have to take more action um, and treat it just like private label, like do the proper research, really think about it. Like, obviously, if you do no research and you just put up something that you like, you have no idea if it's going to sell because how do you know if anybody else likes it too? So don't get discouraged if like you want all these high results, but then you don't put in the, the work or the effort. I would say there are some people that find immediate results quickly, but I think in general, print on demand is more of like slow in the beginning and it just keeps gaining steam as you go along because the products don't ever go away. It's like, they're always there. So it just keeps building on itself. In the beginning, you might only have 20 shirts and they just sell periodically. So you might make, you know, $10 a week or something. Like it doesn't seem like it's worth it, but as it grows and as you get better at figuring out what's trending and, and get better at figuring out the right words, it just starts to build on itself. And over like a couple of years, all of a sudden now you got an income that's paying your bills every month. So everything else is just extra on top of that. So it's one of those things where I would just recommend that people just go into it, assuming it's going to take a couple of years. Um, it's, so it's a little different than FBA or private label where it's like, you expect to just make a lot of money in a couple months in, in merch. I would just add like just a couple years, just in case. I mean, you might be very pleasantly surprised and make a ton of money in, in three months, but then you won't be disappointed if it takes longer, because to me, passive income, like sometimes people think that means like passive, like you don't have to do anything, but really passive income means like a lot of work in the front where you're not getting paid and then you make money at the end. So I would try to go into merch thinking you're not going to make very much money in the first, like I would probably say two years just to be safe if you're doing other things. Um, and then after that, you've got this steady stream of passive income. 
Awesome. So what are, uh, I assume that uh, probably one of the go-to tools is uh, Google Trends. Anything else? I'm, I'm assuming like you watch social media. Um, any other, uh, you know, any other things that you can uh, share with us in terms of research? It, again, it depends on what your end goal is. If you want to make a lot of money right this second, then trends are a good way. If you want to make a lot of income long-term, then you want to think about what is something that's probably not going to go out of style. So our people are probably going to play baseball for a long time. People are probably going to run track for a long time. Like there's certain things that have been going on for a long time and probably will continue for a long time. So you would want to try to make designs around that or like birthdays. People are always going to continue having birthdays. They're going to continue having all these different things. So you want to have a good portfolio of stuff that's just all the time, year after year after year. And then you want to have a certain percentage of your portfolio to take advantage of those like little trends that come up or you know, like the eclipse was a big one in March. There was an eclipse a couple of years ago that everybody wanted an, a, sh a shirt for that. So you want a certain amount, you know, just maybe 10% of your portfolio to chase trends because once the trend goes away, it probably won't sell anymore. But for me, at least 90% of my shirts are stuff that I can't really see them going away. They might eventually, people might decide they don't want to play baseball anymore, but for the foreseeable future, they're sticking around. Right. Um, do you ever have any issues in terms of uh, licensing? You know, at one point you said you mentioned like doing, um, you know, baseball or basketball shirts. Is that just like generic, like with a number on it? Or are you actually putting, um, you know, celebrity names on there? I assume you can't. Oh, you can't yeah. No, do you don't want to do anything with licensing. It's just generic, like, um, you know, like a baseball mom or something with like, gotcha. you owe being a baseball or something like something like that, where it's just right. like, some, or, or, or a birthday shirt for a kid that likes baseball or something or like a that. coffee lover or wine lover or exactly that <laughs> gotcha. kind of stuff gotcha. um, merch does have a program called merch collab where they do have licensing deals with different um, companies and different things and I think that program will probably continue to grow I haven't done a whole lot with that um, but it's something that is that I might be able to with that it's just a little different steps you have to um, get the shirt approved by whoever the company is. And it's a little sm bit smaller royalty. Um, but that that is an option as well. Interesting. Cool. So can you share with our listeners, we always like to ask this because we, uh, you know, we always get to find stuff uh, that we might not have heard of before, but um, any favorite books, podcasts, motivational material, um, kind of anything you're into in terms of learning? Oh, I love that. What a great question. I might have to adopt that question. <laughs> <laughs> for my podcast. Um, oh gosh, right now my favorite is Ed Milet. I don't know. I just love his YouTube channel. Um, so Ed Milet, I, I read The Miracle Morning at the beginning of the year. So I've been trying to follow that for my morning routine. Um, so that's a good book. There's so many. I love reading. I love uh, so many books I've read along the way. Um, Thinking Grow Rich, I'm reading right now. Um, Atomic Habits, that one I have on Audible right now. That's a great one. Uh, I, I would just say that if there's somebody that you can relate to or somebody that you feel like, oh, I would love to be like them one day, 
watch those like because it's possible it's so funny it's like you don't realize like what's possible but after a couple years it's like wow I I am getting closer to this person or I remember like you know you you end up progressing and getting closer and closer so I would just if there's somebody that you're listening to where you're just like I don't really relate to them I don't really want to be like them then, you know, trying to avoid that, but just the people that you're like, wow, I would love to have a life like that. Follow those people. Yeah. I try to follow Gary V, but you know, I, I end up, uh, you know, not being able to cuss as much as he does. So I, <laughs> I, I can't quite reach that level, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, uh, l- let us know where we, where we can find you, where, where everybody else can find you. Um, any projects you're working on right now, anything you want to, uh, tell our listeners about? Oh, thank you. Thank you guys. First of all, thank you for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. And um, I, you could find me anywhere, Merge Money. So mergemoney.com. And then my Facebook is Merge Money, YouTube Merge Money. We have a podcast. Uh, pretty much any social media site is under Merge Money. And TikTok. And a TikTok. <laughs> TikTok I haven't done for Merge Money yet. I technically, I have one, but I've, I've done a few TikTok videos with my own, my own name, Helen Kinson. I, all, I, all I'm going to say about that is I'm glad that my daughter is probably going to, it's going to be many, many years before my daughter gets old enough to be on TikTok, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, it's either it's, a good thing or a bad thing because it, I can't imagine what TikTok is going to look like. It, you know, well, that's true. It could get worse. Years, I right? hope not. But as a, as a father, uh, TikTok scares me. So um, <laughs> Helen, thanks so much for being here. And uh, thank you everybody who joined us live. And um, as usual, we uh, do this Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. You guys can join us live. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you guys do that. Rate, review, um, let us know in the comments, uh, you know, if there's anything that you guys want us to cover that we haven't done so yet. Uh, we try to keep this really diverse. Um, you know, we're, we're in the Amazon world, but uh, we do all kinds of other things. So we, we try to give you guys uh, everything we can in terms of um, the equipment and the knowledge to, uh, you know, launch your business and, and succeed at that business. So uh, let us know, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.